So, you want to save the planet. In just a matter of months, more than 100 world leaders will gather in Glasgow, Scotland for COP26. There, they will make some of the biggest decisions yet on how to tackle climate change and set out plans that will change the way we all live our lives forever. But that's the big picture. What can we do to help now? I'm Lewis Mickey. And I'm Natalie Crawford Goodwin. And this is So You Want to Save the Planet. The Planet and Your Wardrobe. Lewis, this week we are going to talk all about fashion. What do you know about fashion? Would you consider yourself fashionable, Lewis? Um, well, okay, these are two different questions. I, I don't know a whole lot about I don't know a whole lot about fashion, but I would I, do I consider myself fashionable? You have to keep in consideration that I basically just let my girlfriend give me an opinion on clothes all the time right. and really take it as like gospel. So I think I dress okay, but I really don't put much thought into it. So Kate is fashionable, Lewis is not. This is what I'm getting from this conversation. Yeah, I think that's a fair summary and I will make sure to point this out to her so that she feels like she's getting a bit of credit. Oh, good. So fashion is one thing, but the issue with fashion and sustainability is fast fashion. Do you know much about fast fashion? Do you know what it is? I've definitely seen some documentaries and read a little bit about it. And unfortunately, it's. I think my clothing is, is one of the worst places I am for sustainability, right? I can fix my diet a little bit, I can walk and cycle more, all these great things, but I really do struggle in the fashion, basically because of what I just described, I'm pretty lazy on it. But I do know about it and it does, uh, every now and again when I think about it, it make me feel quite bad. Yeah, so for anybody that doesn't know, fast fashion is the mass production of relatively cheap and I suppose poor quality clothing it's the the stuff that you go and buy on your high street because you've got a night out coming up you buy it you wear it once and then it never sees the light of day again it is the suitcases full of cheap t-shirts and shorts that we buy to take on our holidays and then they never see the light of day again unfortunately every year there are tons and tons and tons and tons of textiles going straight to landfill because we are a society where unfortunately we're a little bit fickle and we buy these clothes because they're trendy for one season and then unfortunately they go in the bin yeah it is just not great is it no but you do mention that there's a lot of people who only wear it one time and this is where i will make my defense I will rewear all of my clothes to the point where the aforementioned Kate will have to tell me to throw something out. <laughs> so that is my defence. And actually, and you also mentioned poor quality, so this is going to be like my little kind of example of that. The jeans I'm wearing right now have two belt loops that are completely broken because I'm one of those people that is really lazy and pulls his jeans up with the belt loops <laughs> and then they just snap off. So yeah, I'm really talking myself out of being fashionable here, aren't I? A little bit, but I tell you what, you make a really good point there. So maybe you are buying fast fashion, but you are choosing to reweight it and maybe even repeat it. And this is I'm a... slowing down fast fashion. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is two different sides to this. There's fast fashion and there is actually a thing called slow fashion as well, which we will get into a wee bit later. But the point that you made there about making sure that you wear something 
on multiple occasions and you make sure that even if it is something that you've bought quite cheaply on high street that you're getting as much use out of it as possible that is really important and it's something that the fashion industry is actually recognizing so what i'm going to do is i'm going to let siobhan mckenna who is the owner of sustainable fashion brand regine explain when you study fashion, you learn about fibres, you learn about cloth, you learn about textiles, and you learn about construction. Before the word sustainability was around in relation to like fashion and fast fashion and all of that, I sort of already understood that that t-shirt shouldn't be £2 in Primark because the cloth would cost that, the labour would cost more than that, and then you've got to ship package. It never added up. I've never shopped a whole load, like apart from when I was in the high school. I used to shop in Primark all the time then. I would work in the ship shop during the day and then go to Primark. And then my sister would take all my clothes and wear them on the weekends when I was working in the ship in So that was when my fast fashion career ended when, um, when I started uni, basically. So is that kind of why you decided to start Regine then and kind of keep people wearing their clothes for longer, particularly through the repair shop? I mean, it all started, I moved to London after uni. I studied in Manchester, so I moved to London after uni and I worked for Levi's on the high street as a tailor and I kind of met these people that like kept their jeans in circulation for like 10, 20 years. They only washed them when they really had to and they would just constantly repair them. They really valued their clothes. And it was kind of the first time I'd ever like seen that. And I was the one repairing their clothes. And then I worked for a vintage company in London called Rocket. They had a recycled range. We used to have to cut all these bales of secondhand vintage denim into like hot pants and turn up shorts. And we would just discard all the leftover denim, the legs essentially. And with my fashion background, I knew that denim's a really hard wearing fabric, as potentially as the leg side. There was big pieces of fabric that could have been used. So that didn't sit well with me. And then when I moved back to Glasgow, I didn't really have a plan. I just sort of like arrived. I kind of had this, a few seeds like planted in my head. And so when the time was right, when I kind of had the confidence and the motivation and I don't know, when everything, all the ducks had lined up, I sort of started. And to me, it wasn't even really about sustainability. It was just less of a risk working with secondhand textiles that had already had a life. So I wasn't having a huge impact, say, if I made something and nobody cared. That's all I was thinking about. I was like, who's going to care about what little thing I'm going to make? It's such a waste to buy new fabric if I don't know if I can make something that people are actually going to like, buy, whatever. So I started working with secondhand denim and then it caught, so I went from there. One of my first samples got picked up by Hood magazine, which... At the time, just blew my mind. I was like, somebody cares about what little old me is made. So that was like a huge confidence boost. That's probably one of the main things that like made me keep going. And then in year one, which was 2019, I was working in theater costume, like freelance. So I was working loads of freelance jobs. And then I was putting out these little mini drops and trying to like really make it work but I don't think I slept for that whole year like I just didn't stop but it was pure adrenaline because I was like oh this is working. How have you over like the last 10 or so years seen the fashion industry change then and move towards more sustainable options? It depends what kind of angle you're looking at it from in terms of the high street and fast fashion it's a lot of greenwashing a lot of big brands are talking about 
more natural fibers and recycled fibers and 100% recycled fibers by say 2025 right that's not good enough we need that now but also if one percent of your product range is recycled and green and sustainable what about the other 99 if you're producing billions of pieces of clothing a year that's not sustainable you're still asking people to continually buy and you're not paying your garment workers so that's not sustainable because people are dying (laughs) that end it's pretty grim and i think the solution to that is at a sort of local level and a more positive note is sort of just sitting with like if you see something that you want to buy think about it leave it for at least 24 hours don't impulse buy the whole retail therapy thing i think is just boosting capitalism and making everybody spend we just work all day every day and then spend our money to feed billionaires like what is that so just have a think about your purchases do you really need it and also think where you're spending that money because if something's really cheap you're not going to value it that's the whole point that costs two pounds it feels disposable because it's cheaper than a cup of coffee I think that's a real thing. If you spend a bit more money on something, you're going to value it more. You're going to take better care of it. It's probably better fiber, so it'll be nicer on your skin. Chances are the person that made it is healthy and happy. We all have a responsibility. Fast fashion isn't propped up by people that are on the breadline that are in poverty. That's not true, because if that was true, it wouldn't be as successful as it is. So I just think... If you can, try and shop locally. If you buy from a local maker, that money is going directly into your local economy. It's going to directly benefit you, your area, your city. If you're buying from the house, gee, that's a big multinational corporation. So it's just, it takes a bit longer to make a purchase, but you've thought about it more. You've weighed up the options and it's kind of nicer if you have, if you can just kind of get into the habit of, making a more informed decision. But above that, it's also just about keeping what's in your wardrobe going for as long as possible. The most sustainable item is the one that's already in your wardrobe. So just try not to buy as much. Degrowth is what we need. We're constantly buying new all the time and the world can't take it anymore. You'll save a lot of money if you can just fall in love with what you already have and learn to repair, like learn to sew Um, everybody thinks I think a lot of people find sewing really daunting it's not really taught in schools the way it should be to me like being able to sew on a button is as key a skill as being able to cook yourself dinner and it was back in the day but it isn't now one of the main reasons that clothing gets sent to landfill is because it doesn't fit you the trouser legs are too long or something that's a really basic skill to be able to take them up by hand or with a machine if you've got so into it that you wanted to buy a machine so learn to sew it's really easy if you can draw a line on a sheet of paper you can take a needle and weave it in and out of a piece of fabric don't be scared and it's actually really a nice thing to do for yourself you feel accomplished literally the best thing you can do is just keep what's going in your closet already keep the your current clothing going for as long as possible and the thing is when you learn how to sew you can shop secondhand and you can alter things so you can get a cool vintage dress that's too long and you can shorten it you have this like extra power because you can go in and be like oh i see that but i can see what i'm going to do to that and that's going to make that really cool and then you've got your own kind of one-off piece what i kind of 
want everyone to do is get involved with Fashion Revolution. If everyone can get involved with Fashion Revolution, there's loads of free resources there and you can learn as a consumer, as a teacher, whatever, you know, umbrella you come under, there's so many free resources there and you can learn and you can join your local group. I volunteer with Fashion Revolution Scotland, so we do monthly stitch and bitches. You can just come along and have a piece of clothing that you want to mend and we all just sit on Zoom and have a little natter and it's really nice. And there's another great resource in Scotland called Repair What You Wear and they have loads of really detailed free mending tutorials all online. It's for left hand and right hand. It's so accessible. It's by this amazing woman called Rod Stud. There's also apparel exchange in Glasgow. It's like a sort of clothing rental, secondhand service for kids clothing. So kids sort of go through their school clothes really quickly and that's a whole sustainable issue because it's they're constantly buying new and a lot of the stuff that they're growing out of is already in great condition. So if you go to a panel exchange, it feels like it's new, it's all set up in a shop, doesn't feel like it's a secondhand shop and you can get brilliant coats for like less than a quarter of the price. Yeah, there's so much great stuff happening here in Scotland that I just kind of want to shout out because it can be accessible if you know where to look and a lot of people don't know where to look. Just on the, you were saying, you know, learn to mend what you have. What would you say to people that are like, yeah, but I want to be fashionable. So I don't want to repair last season's clothes because I want new clothes. Because I think there's a lot of that as well. Like People feel that they constantly have to buy new because the trends change all the time. Personally, I think... If you look at fashion, you look at fashion trends, it's the same thing coming around and around again. You're only buying those trends because you've seen somebody who looks good on Instagram wear them and you're copying them. The high street and fast fashion has sort of taken away our individuality. We're all just copying each other. We're meeting up in the high street like, oh, I've got that dress. That's not something to celebrate because, you know, we're all dressing the same. We're all little clones of each other. If you go out and find what suits you and your body, and have the sort of confidence to dress how you want to dress and not because that's what's trendy in this magazine and this influencer and this person has told you that's what you should be wearing. That's another thing that props up this disposability because it's like, oh, nobody's wearing that anymore. And so you have to go out and get the new thing. See if you just find what you like, you're going to wear it forever. There's this thing that is quite common in the sustainable fashion community, and it's think about 30 wears. So if you're going to buy something, think, are you going to wear this at least 30 times? You should aim to want to wear it more than 30 times, but that's like the minimum. So say it is an 80 pound coat from Zara. If you divide that by 30, that's a more manageable cost. So if you are going to buy new, just please keep it going and really love it and think about it for a day before you actually purchase and then you'll know if you still can't stop thinking about it the next day then you know you really want it so you want to save the planet that was really interesting and i was doing a lot of head maths and trying to think like (laughs) clothes i'm wearing right now divided by 33 how does that work out and i'm not very good at math so (laughs) that was a disaster however it did kind of make me think a little bit about our episode we did on plate yes. on food mm-hmm. I think what we learned there was that you can still have your steaks you can still have your burgers you just need to find a bit of a balance or, or even a counterbalance is maybe the way to describe it where you're just 
we speak about offsetting things, right? It almost feels like with fashion, what we're hearing there is that you can still have your fast fashion, you can still go shop with your, you know, your online places where it is quite cheap and, and you get mm-hmm. what you want, but just try to find a way to offset any damage you're doing to the planet there just by kind of finding ways that makes it less damaging. Exactly. So if you want to make a purchase from a brand that may be considered to be fast fashion, just make sure that it's something that you are going to wear multiple times. It's not going to end up in the bottom of the wardrobe and then in a landfill. And make sure that you have the tools to take care of it as well. Make sure that it is something that you really love and that you would want to repair and mend if something does happen to it and that you're not just going to cast it off the minute a button falls off or something like that. Do you know how to yeah, sew? absolutely. Do you know how to no, sew? No, I was going to say that I don't know how to sew. And I think this is, if I think about my own experience, I imagine there's a lot of people who are very similar where we're very much relying on our grandparents or that sort of mm-hmm. generation to sew things for us. I might need to think about learning. Do you know how to sew? I do know how to sew. I have a, a sewing machine my Aunt Pedro taught me how to sew when I was very young and it's something that I actually enjoy as a hobby. I could put a button back on something. I could put a zip back into, you know, a pair of jeans or a dress or something. But mending my clothes is something that I don't proactively do much past that. And it's definitely something that I would like to learn to do a bit more of because curtains and cushions are all just straight lines. They're relatively easy things to do. But well, you say they're relatively easy. You want to see me try to do it? <laughs> then we'll see how easy it is. Well, that is a good point. So that is how you would maybe take care of some of the clothes that you own already that are perhaps purchases from some high street shops. We'll not name any that may have a hand in fast fashion. But what if you don't want to make any fast fashion purchases? How can we step away from following the trends of each change in season? I sat down with Grazia fashion editor Natalie Hammond, who is going to tell us how we build a capsule wardrobe. I think it's worth pointing out that like transparency is one of the most important things. And like a lot of the high street brands, you know, not necessarily fast fashion brands, but a lot of the high street brands are actually much more transparent than other kind of luxury brands. And that's something that's really important because as a consumer, one of the best things is to be able to kind of educate yourself. And it's not always easy to do that because a lot of brands don't want to kind of like list out every part of their supply chain and you know a lot of the time it's because they don't actually know because things are kind of like subcontracted out and it becomes so murky that they don't actually know themselves like who you know what factories are making their clothes like what countries these factories are in if you want to kind of like be a sustainable consumer you have to really think I've seen this and I really like the look of it is it something that I'm going to want to wear in like three years time and five years time and 10 years time? And that like shift in mindset is so important. You know, I often, sorry, this is like slightly off topic, but I often think there's so much emphasis on fast fashion brands being bad. And like, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that that's not valid, but it's kind of a mistake sometimes to think it's just about cost. It's much more about like your attitude towards something that you're kind of bringing into your wardrobe. If you buy something that's not expensive, if you love it and really take care of it and you don't throw it away, you know, you keep it, you repair it. That's much better than buying something that's like in quotation marks timeless and then just giving it to a charity shop next year because you're actually kind of you want a different timeless navy jumper. In terms of building classics, like I think it's it's just about kind of 
buying things that you can wear with lots of stuff that you already have. You know, I often like I think a really good rule of thumb is that when you're looking at something, for example, like a white shirt or like a pair of jeans, like a blazer, try and think of five different outfits that you already have in your wardrobe. You know, I often do that when I'm thinking about buying things. And sometimes I'm kind of like, I actually don't have enough to wear with that or I would have to wear the same outfit and again and again and again and I don't want to do that so I'm not going to buy it so I, I think that's a good way of looking at it like I think a capsule wardrobe is quite a difficult concept because some people don't have a minimalist aesthetic that works really well with pieces you know like this beige jumper goes with this brown skirt which goes with this camel colored I don't have style that kind of works like that you know like I really like bright colors and prints so it doesn't seem like it might work that well. But having said that, I do think that you just have to really love everything that you buy. That's the most important thing. Like you just really have to like everything that you bring into your wardrobe. If you are captivated by something that is quite obviously a trend, and as you get older, sometimes these things are quite easy to spot that maybe like an oversized sweater vest might not be something that you're going to want to wear next winter and the winter after that, but it might be something that you'll really enjoy wearing for a couple of weeks this November and then you can just send it back and it can go to someone else you know so I think there's still ways to kind of look on trend without necessarily like buying everything. And one of the things I've kind of learned and it's been quite a common theme through all the different aspects of sustainability that we've looked at through this podcast is that it's really in the hands of the consumer to make these better choices and force these brands who maybe don't work in the most sustainable way to start making more sustainable choices Are you seeing attitudes changing particularly over maybe the last five years? Are people looking for more sustainable fashion options? I think they are. Like, I, you know, I think it's kind of like two prompts. Like, yes, I think people really care. The second prong is sometimes that it can feel like quite a big macro issue that is quite far away from, you know, the life that you're leading. You know, I think people really do care. And I think what's been so great over the last few years, there have been some amazing activists I guess in the kind of sustainability movement like Ursula de Castro who's kind of the founder of Fashion Revolution. I think what she really teaches is that like we do have power, we do have responsibility but if you repair your clothes, if you wash your clothes less, it's easy things that we can all do. It doesn't have to seem so overwhelming. It can actually be something that's very easy. Everyone can wash their clothes less. I think one of the best things you can do is actually look at the fabric content of something. If a piece is like 100% cotton or 100% linen, and then if a piece is kind of cotton elastane, like, you know, it's got a whole mixture of things in it, that's automatically going to be less sustainable because it's going to take much longer to kind of biodegrade, you know, hundreds of years to kind of biodegrade in landfill. Lots of designer brands, you know, everything isn't like 100% this, 100% that. I think cost is a real trap, actually. When you kind of interview, as a journalist, when you interview people and you say, how do you try and be sustainable with your wardrobe? A lot of people say, I just try and invest in like really good quality pieces. And I'm not saying that's not a good answer. It is because if that means you keep it for like 10 years and you repair it, you know, and really look after it, then that's great. But I think you can do the same with high street clothes. You can look after them. You can repair them. You can kind of really make sure they're looked after you don't have a disposable attitude towards them. So I think it's so much more about attitude. There's a lot of greenwashing that goes on on the high street. It's really important to think about like what you're letting into your wardrobe and what you're letting out. And just remember that if you kind of make yourself feel better by saying like, but I'll take it to a recycling bank or I'll take it to a charity shop. Just remember that like a lot of that stuff is going to end up in landfill in kind of developing countries. And just it's just kind of like shifting the problem somewhere else. 
So really try and think about what you're letting into your wardrobe. It's great to wear secondhand clothes. If something was kind of made on the high street in the 70s, it probably has a lot more design details, you know, a lot more love has gone into it because it's not so like mass produced, basically. Just because you're buying something secondhand, that doesn't mean you've done your job in terms of sustainability, (laughs) you know. It's not like a kind of closed loop. So it still means that you have to kind of look after it. You know, vintage clothing can often be quite cheap. Like you can almost fall into that like impulse buying category again because you're kind of like, oh, this like tie-dye t-shirt is five pounds. I'll buy that for like the next festival I go to. And then you just chuck it out like when you get home. The other thing about secondhand as well is that there used to be such a stigma around it. Nobody wanted to be the person seen going into a charity shop to have a, a look for clothes, but apps like, you know, Depop and, and Spock and all that, it makes it much more accessible and it's almost reduced the stigma of buying secondhand a little bit. We did a really great feature in Grazia where we kind of shot and like profiled five amazing Depop sellers, kind of asked them like, where did your love of secondhand clothing come from? And it kind of, a few of them said like it actually kind of started because I used to have to buy secondhand clothes as a kid and I was really embarrassed. You know, I never wanted to tell people that, you know, I got what I was wearing from a secondhand shop or a charity shop. But obviously, like, you know, now they're kind of this is their way of making money. It's just such a good sea change that's happened. And now it's like something to be really proud of instead of something to be like a bit embarrassed about. So you want to save the planet? There you go, Lewis. That is how you maybe stop following some of the latest trends and try and be a bit more yourself and a wee bit more, you know, dress yourself to make yourself happy and not because something's in fashion or it's gone out of fashion. Well, I'm way ahead of you because I have no idea what's in fashion. Um, (laughs) Maybe Kate does, I suppose. Uh, But I don't know. And I suppose I can try and take a few tips from that. I think the uh, whole idea from the counterbalancing is maybe more what I have to do, at least right now, because I like to keep my clothing quite cheap. I can't lie. Well, I think that's fair enough. And as Siobhan was saying, you know, you don't have to stay away from these retailers as long as you, like you said, counterbalance and make sure that whatever you're buying is something that you're really going to love and something that you're really going to be willing to kind of take care of and repair and not something that's just going to end up worn once and then left to eventually end up in a landfill. And that's us. We have, quite quickly, if I do say so myself, dealt with fast fashion. And this, Lewis, scary stuff is the last episode before the reason that we are doing all this in the first place, COP26. It's all getting pretty real now, isn't it? (laughs) It's like you're starting to realise what this is all. We've built up to it and now we're like, oh, now we actually have to cover it and it's pretty massive. It is absolutely massive and it's quite scary. We are so grateful that you have stuck with us for these last nine episodes, looking at the ways that we can all live a wee bit more sustainably as we gear up to one of the biggest climate change conferences to ever take place but it is here now and what does it all mean well we are going to tell you in episode 10 aren't we we are because i suppose there is so much you can talk about in terms of the climate but then cop 26 is almost a whole other conversation we've done all the background now and now it's time to talk about cop 26 itself and one thing i think is going to be really interesting that is just talking to protesters and things like that because that is going to dominate some of the headlines over the two weeks of cop 
We've all seen that the headlines and the footage in the news, there are some people out there that feel really, really passionately about this and are worried that the politicians, the people who are going to be having these talks at COP26 aren't making the decisions fast enough and that they won't go far enough to tackle climate change. So in episode 10, we plan to break all that down for you. What's going to happen at COP26? What are the main sticking points? And what do the climate activists have to say about it as well? So make sure you tune in next week. The Planet and Your Wardrobe.